podcast where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Bryant King. Coach King is a former Division I coach. He has uh, truly inspired me in my life and in my coaching career, and I know his story will do the same for you. We talked to him today about building culture, about how it starts at the top. We talk about enjoying every moment of life and the fact that he's lived out perseverance and so should we. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Coach King, I really do appreciate you being on and, and kind of making the time and taking the time. I know we've been trying to, to get this thing uh, to come to fruition for a while. And, uh, you know, I'm just very excited, very happy to because I'll just be very honest. When we first met, uh, we met at a Final Four event uh, here in San Antonio, uh, a gentleman that we know in common, Dino Strigonis, uh, very, very, very hospitable, uh, pleasurable gentleman, just a really nice guy overall, introduced us. And uh, since, I mean, I was like, man, this guy's solid. And you were so gracious and so nice to take time and, and talk. Uh, and I'm just here again, uh, glad that you could be on. So, uh, you know, coach, I want to start off the way I start off every episode. And that is, uh, how are you introduced to the game of basketball? Yeah. Um, I really appreciate the kind words. I'm, uh, glad to be on, uh, with you. We had a great talk back in San Antonio and, uh, I'm excited to talk here with you today. Um, I was introduced to the game at a really early age. Um, it was actually in physical therapy. Um, I was born with one leg and um, after I had a part of my leg amputated so that I could uh, walk with a prosthetic as I grew. Um, and in physical therapy, um, learning to walk, they had a little Nerf basket and basketball uh, where I would shoot at during physical therapy. And there's a photo of me and the physical therapist holding me up as I'm shooting on the on the little hoop uh, in that therapy room. Wow! And uh, my love just kind of grew from there. My my parents uh, put a basket in our house, so um, in one of our like living rooms, I had a little nerf basket, and then we moved it out to the patio and uh, was shooting outside as I grew up. And um, it just it kind of started at the youngest age as I can remember. Awesome, man. That's uh, your your story because I've seen uh, some interviews and your story is so fascinating to me. You know, you kind of touched on it, uh, but you have caudal regression syndrome, if I'm saying that correctly. And Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and that in and of itself was such a challenge for not just you, but your parents, uh, but you kind of, kind of just persevere. And uh, so we're, I look forward to kind of getting into that as well, because I feel like uh, that's not your identity. I know that much because the things that I've seen you do and the ability you have 
to be a productive member of a coaching staff and bring it every day. I've, I've heard numerous stories. And so there's, there's just something about you that's just uh, special, man. And so I'm, I'm glad we're here again that you're talking about your love for the game and how it grew from, from such an early age and kind of the situation it was in, in physical therapy. Uh, that, that's so, uh, you know, sometimes we go through things and we think, oh, no, now I have to. And then all of a sudden we learn something about ourselves. We come to terms with something that uh, we didn't know we could do. Or here again, like you found a love for, for basketball in a situation that maybe for some people was just, you know, well, you know, it's something to do to pass time. You found something that you would love eventually. So what was, you know, growing up? Who were some of your biggest influences in the game of basketball? Yeah, um, kind of going off that, um, I'm going to go outside of the game first, and it was my parents. Okay. Um, they never held me back um, or let me like do what I wanted to do. They always pushed me to, to try things, to chase after what I loved in life, and it never hindered that or took those things away from me. And I mean, and the game of basketball was something that they always pushed onto me because they saw how much joy it brought me. Yeah. Um, and, and then going on from in the game, it's my high school coach. Um, as a freshman, he made me the manager for our varsity team. And um, I never was able to be a part of a team growing up just because of my physical limitations. Um, but he made me be very involved and taught me so much about the game. Um, and it's where I first learned how to do stats. Um, I sat on the bench and took stats on a PDA or even sometimes a laptop throughout high school. Um, and I also learned how to do video edits just um, throughout high school. And it's just like those things of him involving me in the game and um, not treating me any different than the players is kind of um, where my passion for coaching started. Um, and then it also went on to um, Coach Ernie Kent, who was the coach at Oregon while I was growing up. Yeah. Um, the Ducks actually would practice in our gym sometimes when MacArthur Court was being redone. Um, and our athletic director, um, knowing my love, for the game connected me with coach Kent and then throughout high school um, I would go and watch their practices on nights we didn't have practice and after games when I would come he would invite me down to the locker room and I would just kind of see how he was with his team but then also see how my coach was with our team and it just it just grew my love for the game and grew my love for coaching yeah you know that's uh, really an amazing way to kind of get the idea of, hey, I want to go into this, because you saw two coaches that you knew uh, kind of lead their teams. It wasn't necessarily like, you know, a lot of some guys get into coaching for different reasons, right? Or obviously for different reasons, but some guys I've heard get into it because they, oh man, I like the way Popovich does this. I like the way Phil Jackson did that, Coach K, you know but you saw it kind of unfold right in front of your eyes and you got to see kind of maybe the, the sweet and the sour. And that kind of gave you the, uh, the impression that 
you could do that, what in particular did you feel uh, kind of made you want to jump into the whole coaching field? Um, it was actually uh, during my junior year of high school. Um, growing up, football and basketball were my two favorite sports, and I actually thought I wanted to coach football for a long time. That um, in, in high school, after being a manager and doing so much for the basketball team, the football coach recruited me uh, to come be a manager for them, and I did a lot of the same things of taking stats during the game, doing filming practices, breaking down film for the players and coaches. Um, but then it was sometime during my junior year, we uh, we were on our run through state, and the brotherhood and the family-like atmosphere that our coach had built within our team and within our players um, is really what made me want to continue that on with other players and give other kids that kind of opportunity that they may not have had, um, but basketball gives them that. Mm -hmm. And those guys from my high school team, um, they're my best friends still to this day. And that's the kind of thing that a basketball, a great culture and a great team and a great coach brings out of everybody. Yeah. You, you said brotherhood, family, those type of things just, they don't just show up. Like you can, you can preach it all you want. uh, But to actually build a culture like that, that takes time. That takes practicing what you preach as a coach, as a staff, as a program, even sometimes as an institution. And, uh, you know, that's great that you got to experience that because that is, I, I have experienced that multiple times and I've, and I like to think I've created that culture at times too. Uh, you'd have to ask my former players, but I think that's something that, uh, man, that, that, that drew me into coaching in the first place. My, myself was my high school football coach. Just, it was a brotherhood. It was literally, it was literally an all boys school. So it was like a, yeah. like a real brotherhood. And it, it was all revolving around football too. And, you know, winning state championships, all that good stuff, uh, you know, really just brought us closer together. People say you can't learn a lot. Uh, you learn more from losing. I, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did the few times we did lose. But, man, that atmosphere is what I learned from the most. Uh, that whole, here again, brotherhood, family, culture. That's what, I, that's what I learned from. And, and I hear the, and I get, I get the impression that that's definitely what, what kind of drew you in even more. So now moving forward as a GA uh, at Long Beach State and then as, a, as an administrative assistant, what was that experience like for you? And, and what did you kind of take away from that? That was a completely new and eye-opening experience for me. Um, when I stepped into Long Beach State as a GA, I didn't have any idea how a college basketball program ran, except for what I observed in my little bit of time of going to Oregon practices, what I read in articles, books, and other things. But then in those two years, I got to see how things work from the GA to the ops, the assistant coach to the head coach, and to the administrative uh, within the department. You just, there's so much things that go on that you don't see, the outside world doesn't see or know about. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
It's from how do you progress your practices to implement and build your offense, defense, and culture from when guys started coming on campus to when the first game tips to breaking down film, creating scouting reports, and preparing for – we went on crazy, crazy road trips to play the nation's top teams both years I was there to also the various stats that we took at practices and games that go beyond the box score. Yeah. There is so much on the administrative side, the basketball side that I've learned in my time that is just like, it's opened my eyes and it's given me a new perspective on the game and on college athletics. Yeah. I I can imagine that the whole, I guess seeing the whole menu of what a program has to offer, what it takes, the nuances, the, um, there again, the struggles, the, the, yeah. the, the, the sweetness of it. Um, you know, that kind of, the gives, grind. yeah, the grind, man. I mean, just, you learn how to, I mean, there's no substitute for experience. There no, is absolutely, there's absolutely no substitute. And you have that experience. So with, with all that experience, coach, how do you view like culture building within a program? How do you, how would, how do you feel like it should be implemented in a program when it comes to culture? Um, culture is the most important thing. And if a program is going to be successful or not, and it starts at the top and it trickles down to the buy-in of the assistant coaches, the ops, the GAs, the senior player, the fret, all the way to the freshman player. And if you have that trickle down effect and you have to have the, that accountability within each other to hold each other to that culture and to that standard that has been set. Yeah. Because without a great culture, it would be 15 guys playing for themselves. By having a culture, you're bringing these guys together that are coming from different backgrounds, different areas, different experiences, and you're trying to mold them to show them by using each other that they can be successful and reach the one ultimate goal. But if you can't sell that and believe that yourself at the top and then sell that to the guys underneath you, it's not going to be a culture. You're going to have very different views of your culture. Yeah, you know, uh, we all kind of live with the, the realization that uh, in, on a personal level, we are who we think we are. We are who the next person thinks we are. We are who our family thinks we are. So there's kind of like different lenses that people see us. And so much more a culture that you're trying to build with, like you said, 15 players, 15 guys that got to buy in that are basically their own entities when they come in. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing feat, I believe. Anytime coaches who do it masterfully uh, bring everybody together for one common goal, it really speaks about the human uh, condition, and that is that we all need community to succeed in life. We all, absolutely, you know, to reach a goal in our destiny, we need community, and that just proves it time and time again. And, and I'm glad you said that, Coach, because I, 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 I really like you said it starts at the top. Uh, I'm not sure. Sometimes at the top, when we're the ones at the top, we uh, consider it on a daily basis because 
subconsciously we're already doing what we've been doing, but it, it does bear to take the time and to sit back and, and reflect and say, am I, what I'm expecting from my staff, from my players, am I doing it myself? So I think that's uh, really, really important when you talk about culture building coach. So I appreciate that. So, yeah. so and it's also yeah. about who's going to sacrifice. Yeah. You're going to have to be willing to make the sacrifices for the betterment of the culture of the team. Yeah, no, that's uh, nothing comes for free. There's a cost. No. You got to count the cost. And if you're willing to pay the cost, good. Or the price, I should say. Uh, you know, there's there, you're right, man. Sacrifice is such a big deal. And when you're doing, you're sacrificing for something that you love. It's an investment. And, uh, and when you look at it that way, it's a lot easier to kind of get through those dog days and uh, some of those 6 a.m. workouts where you, when you start off in the weight room and, uh, you know, like you said, the grind, it really kind of mm-hmm. makes it a little bit easier to get through that. So and, and uh, what are some of the ways, Coach, that you feel that coaches, we as coaches, uh, can do a better job in connecting with players? Because that's a it's really a big not an issue. I don't think it is. I think in some programs it is. But how can we better connect with players? Because I think that's just important with the generation of kids coming up. Yeah, um, it, it's very big topic right now of trying to connect with the change of generations. And I think the biggest thing is you got to give them a voice and let them know that they have a voice. But then most importantly, be willing and be really listening to that voice to what they're saying and you do this by involving them and engaging them in different topics and drawing out their their input on how they feel on situations and different things within the program but then also listening to what they're saying you want to make sure that everyone feels like this is their team and that they can all have a voice in how they feel and the way that the team goes. Um, and you do that, you let them make decisions on little things within the program. If it's the design or look of a gear or choosing a team meal spot. And it's just making it feel like it's their team and that it's not just, it's not your team. It's their team and you're coaching them. And you do that by giving them a voice. Wow. You know, you're saying something that's so important because I've been of the mindset that you don't, whatever you create for young people, they usually walk away from it. But whatever you let them create, they they just all, you know, gravitate towards it. Because they 100% have, agree. Because yeah, they're just like, look what we're building. The coach, yeah, he, 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 has a, he has a place in all this. He has his uh, role. But look what we're doing. And, and there's kind of a, a mentality that, hey, this is us. It's just us. And then the coach comes in, gives direction, gives kind of the, the why, the rhyme, the reason, and then they all, you know, they buy in because they, the coach, you know, he said, give it, giving them a voice. That's awesome, coach. I, I really I like that so much because we can give a voice when we listen intently and where we were listening to learn, not listening to hurry up and respond and give, give our two cents. 
So that, that's really, yeah. that's really, really key coach. Uh, so kind of going back to some of the things maybe that you've gone through on a, on a, on a personal level, mm-hmm. uh, how did you, how do you overcome obstacles and setbacks in your life coach? Because you've seen, you've seen more than a few, uh, how, how have you overcome those things? Um, yeah, that there's three things that have really helped me become who I am and get over the things that I not get over, but get through the tough things that I've gone through in my life. And it, number one, it's my trust in God and that it's knowing that he has a plan and that he will take care of me and that whatever is happening, that there's a reason and the outcome on the other side will be great. Yeah. The next thing is the support of my family and my friends. And I have an amazing family. My parents have blessed me so much. I have three siblings and we have gone through so much together as a family that that support system has helped me. But even beyond that, my aunt and uncles, my grandparents, my cousins, um, we're all so very close and we all support each other and they have always supported my family and especially my parents when I've gone through the various surgeries and operations I've gone through. Um, and then my friends, they're, they're, they're my friends. They're there to support me and to cheer me up when I'm down and to listen to me when something's going on. Um, and without those two groups, um, I want to be able to overcome many of the things that I have. And then the last thing is basketball. Um, it's always been my outlet. Um, when I'm down, I would go out in our cul-de-sac and would just shoot hoops for hours on end and um, or go watch a game, no matter if it was in season or out of season or go play pickup with my friends. and. Um, just those things have kind of been my support and my way to overcome various obstacles and setbacks that I've faced. That's great coach here again, the support system, you know, trusting in God, uh, basketball therapy, if you will. Um, man, those things are, you know, that's, it mirrors everything that I kind of, that's how I live my life, man. I trust God. I lean a lot on my family, uh, my support system. And yeah, basketball <laughs> basketball is my therapy, man. Like I coach sometimes just to kind of unwind. And people say, man, it's pretty stressful coaching. Not for me, man. I'm, I'm very comfortable in my skin. And I'm like a kid in a candy store. Give me any team, any age. Let's go, you know, and, and let's have a good time. So yeah, I, I completely... Um, I feel exactly what you're saying. So coach, when I say the word perseverance, how much, how much does that mean to you? And what does that mean to you? I mean, cause it, it's, it's gotta be a lifestyle. It, it definitely is a lifestyle for me. Um, I never know when my health is going to take a turn. Um, I mean, I've had three kidney transplants set on dialysis, uh, two different times, uh, close to 40 surgeries in my life. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. And it's just, if I didn't persevere and um, 
didn't back down and and didn't give up um i don't know where i would be um because yeah. if i had just let those things overcome me and become who i am um i want to be the person i am today and by overcoming and by um persevering through each of those points of difficulty in my life it's made me stronger um it's made me enjoy life um enjoy my family and friends and and just enjoy the little things and of course i've had points where i've wanted to give up but i've persevered because i can't give up and i won't give up because i know god has a purpose for me and my family and my friends love me and that is enough to keep me going yeah right on yeah man that's uh wow you know it's perspective it's real perspective it's a uh, heart of gratitude to understand what you have, like, you know, some people, ha- <laughs> you know, can have the whole world in a sense, but if you don't have, you know, like what you're talking about, family, friends, support system, you don't have really anything in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> that's just my opinion for whatever it's worth. And you have that coach and that's uh, it's a great reminder to keep you going. And because it, it those things like that keep me going as well. So I appreciate you saying that coach. How do you, you know, when you think about the next step within the game and where you'll be at next as far as on a staff somewhere, what do you feel like you bring to the program, Coach? Yeah. Um, I honestly, I I just bring a different perspective on life um, through my experience of what I've gone through. And um, it's just, it's a new, different view than what most people have. Um, but then also the meaning of hard work. Um, I work hard in everything I do because everything I do is different compared to the way most people have to do things. Um, and just like the game of basketball, it has its ups and downs and so has my life. But if you keep climbing and working hard, those highs outweigh the lows. Yeah. And those lows have made me stronger and they are what drive my hard work to be successful. But then I also make sure to enjoy every moment of life on and off the court. And through that perspective of life, I bring that through the program because throughout a season, there's so many highs and lows. And if you just persevere through those things and, learn to come together you can overcome so much that those highs throughout the season will very much outweigh the lows that you've hit in points of the season yeah because they're coming uh absolutely you know even even if you're winning every game there's going to be a you hit a wall at some point uh that's just that's how long the basketball season is you know yeah if if you're doing it right, uh, you're definitely gonna kind of it's it's a movie, man. Every season is a movie. Every you know we watch some of these big programs being documented, and that's great and that's cool. I really love that. 
But you could do that with any basketball team and get the same kind of drama and intensity. And I just believe that. And uh, it may not be as uh, sexy as some of the bigger programs, but every team goes through it, man. And uh, so, yeah, I I hear exactly what you're saying, Coach. uh, Absolutely. As far as that different perspective. And I think every staff needs that. Every staff needs to be well-rounded. If your staff is full of the same guy, you know, that's cool. I mean, I'm more power to you. But I, I don't – I think the real – the intelligent uh, coaches really know that they need different voices, different perspectives. Because yeah. it's not that they don't trust themselves, because they do. They trust themselves enough to know that they don't know it all. And different having different perspectives benefits them, especially when they're dealing with 15, like we talked about, 15 other guys that aren't them, you know, they they are uh, they definitely need those different perspectives. So, uh, yeah, I, I and Go ahead. that perspective helps you connect with the players on a completely different level than maybe the head coach can. Um, and that connection with players can help the team overall become way so much more successful. Yeah, and that's the whole goal. This is your version of success. It's like, what do what are we doing when we kind of get a program up and running, a team up and running? We want to be successful, whatever that means for your team, whatever that means for your program. Does it mean winning a bunch of games? Maybe. That might be a byproduct of it. But what you're talking about is how to, like, again, going back to giving you know, players a voice, building culture, having the right perspectives. To me, win, lose, or draw – you're going to win and you're going to be successful. Whether it's going to show up in the in the win-loss column, who knows? Maybe it will. But at the end of the day, you can all look at each other in the eyes in that locker room and know you're successful. And that's a great feeling. So, Coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your journey as a coach? Um, the number one thing I feel is that you can't control everything. Um, even if I want to, there are some things that are just completely out of your control and you have to learn to just take them on as they come at you. Um, and actually today, um, reading Wooden's Wisdom, which I highly recommend all coaches to subscribe to. Yeah. Coach Wooden stressed self-control and he actually says that you can't get absorbed or involved in things in which you have no control. You should be working on things in which you have control to help overcome the things you feel need changed. Wow. It's it, That was just, that one just hit me today yeah. so hard. And it's just amazing that we try and control so much in our life. And if we just take a step back and just use the things that we can control, we can make such a more positive change with those things that we already have control rather than trying to control things that we don't have any control over at all. Definitely. You know, that saying control the controllables, there's nothing, (laughs) there's nothing or no one more that you can control other than yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And if you start with that, that's a pretty doggone good place to start. Control yourself first. And here again, like you said, or like the the phrase was alluding to, 
you can learn to deal with the things you can't control. Uh, you know, because self-control means a lot of different things, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I believe. Self-control goes into all that. So great, mm-hmm. great stuff, Coach. Really good stuff. Appreciate you bringing up uh, Coach Wooden's wisdom. And, and I think that's, uh, that's his... Uh, his content, I call it content because that's what you call it now, right? Yeah, uh, so, absolutely. <laughs> so his books, his content uh, really is timeless and will forever be applicable and will forever be relevant in the coaching world and, and as far yeah. as, you know, leading people, not just players. We can, all, we can all learn from Coach Wooden in our everyday lives. Definitely. So I ask this question to every guest coach because I believe it's super important. And although you still got a long time in your career left, uh, so I look, I would ask you as a working legacy, because mm-hmm. you, you still here again. You, you're a very young buck and, and have a lot of time left to, to to prove to yourself what you can do as a coach in this game, and and uh, as a contributor to the game as well. What would you want your legacy to be and people to say about you once your career is kind of out of place? where you feel like I can walk away from the game, what kind of impact would you have wanted to, to leave? Um, that I gave it my all. Um, that through everything I've been through and overcome, that I still gave my hardest and I was determined and I continued chasing after the bigger things in life. But then I also used that to inspire others to not give up, to go after what they want and to just keep going and to overcome. But then also the aspect of just enjoying life every day and having a smile and being a welcoming person to the people that I come in contact with every day. Um, Because you never know what kind of days somebody is having and how much a smile, a hello, um, a how's it going can impact um, somebody. Um, and in, in my life, I've had some amazing and life-changing experiences just through the people I've come in contact with. And I want to be able to just leave that and pass that on to others when my career is over good stuff coach here again coach i appreciate your time i really do uh, for taking the time and making the time and i'm so glad we got to do this Uh, it was something that was the desire of my heart for a while now and uh man thank you for sharing and contributing coach i really do appreciate it yeah thank you for the opportunity um you provide a great platform and or that you're giving coaches uh just keep up the great work and i look forward to talking with you again soon thank you coach thank you for listening to the creative coaching podcast know that you are appreciated so please take the time to listen to us on anchor apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher you can also follow us on twitter at creative coach 47 here again all of this I thank you for. Please leave a rating, subscribe, follow, leave feedback. 
Uh, this is your platform. So, you know, take ownership of it. And here again, you are appreciated. So thank you.